This is the Confidence Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bailey. Today, you're going to hear from an amazing man called Mike Kapuski about shooks. Now, you're probably thinking, what on earth is a shook? Why do I need to listen to this? Well, a shook is a short, helpful book, and Mike helps people to write short, short, helpful books <laughs> um, and publish them and get them out to the world. So if you've ever thought about writing a book, wanting to... Um, need some extra help with marketing a book that you've already written, then this is going to help you massively. Make sure that you listen to the end. Mike does give us an amazing free gift um, and hear his story of um, some of the people he's worked with and some incredible things that you will learn about writing and marketing your first, second, third, or even fourth, or maybe more books. So enjoy. Hi and welcome to the Confidence Mastery Podcast. This week we have the amazing Mike Capuzzi with us. Have I pronounced that right? Please tell me I have. <laughs> you did, Natalie. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us, Mike. I'm very excited to have you and have this conversation today. Could you just give our listeners a brief introduction to yourself and what we're going to be talking about today? Because I know that we're, they're going to get so much value today. Yeah. So we're going to be talking today about the power of publishing what we call short, helpful books. So we'll talk more about what that means. But it's, if you've ever wanted to be a book author, write that book, uh, specifically nonfiction, Natalie, uh, this is going to be a great you know, conversation that you and I are going to have. But just very quickly, uh, I've been doing this a long time. As a matter of fact, I got a birthday coming up here. I, I can't believe what's coming up. But uh, um, 30, I've been yeah. in the marketing and, and have, had, have had my own company since 1998, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, worked in corporate America before that um, in the technical role, then moved into a marketing role. But I've been doing marketing for clients since 1998. Published my first book in 2007. Published my first client book in 2008. And now all we do, Natalie, is help entrepreneurs business owners and corporate leaders, CEOs, those kind of folks, publish these short, helpful books, which are meant to differentiate themselves and their businesses. Yeah, brilliant. I'm like I say, I'm really excited. As as you already know, I've been saying, I've been writing a book for five years. <laughs> um, and I know that a lot of people listening, they want to write a book, but they don't know what about. How do you, how, how do people figure that bit out? Before we go into the rest. Well, again, if we can, we'll keep the conversation again in the context of nonfiction business yeah. oriented, right? So if you are an entrepreneur, a business owner, or a corporate leader, chances are you are helping people with something. You're either teaching them how to do something, you're helping them gain something, you're helping them lose something potentially. So you're already helping people. And then it's just a matter of, saying, hey, how can I encapsulate how I help my customers, clients, patients, students, whatever you have, uh, into a book, right? So a book is nothing more than a written conversation between you, know, you the author, and, and your ideal reader. So if you're already helping people, it makes it that much easier. And then it comes down to, Natalie, trying to identify your ideal reader. You know, Not everyone is your reader, no matter you know, what you do, you want to target. That's why these short, helpful books are so nice because they can be very focused. 
you know, what do you want that reader? Who do you want that reader to be? What do you want that reader to accomplish by reading your book? And then what do you want that reader to do after they read your book, which is really a key differentiation that we'll talk about. But those are the three big first things. And then coming up with what we call the big idea of your book, your, your book hook and all that good stuff. Um, you know, it's just a matter of sort of, you know, brainstorming and thinking what makes the most sense. But I'll leave this with you, Natalie. If you always remember this mantra, serve the reader. If you're always going in with this idea of serving the reader, helping the reader accomplish something, whatever it is, um, coming up with a good book idea shouldn't be too difficult. Yeah, I love that. And definitely thinking about what you want them to do after, because it's all well and good writing the book, but if you don't send them to do something... <laughs> yeah, which is, a you know, that is one of the biggest mistakes, even in this day and age. Now, it's gotten a lot better, but I'm still amazed how many nonfiction book authors do not give what we call pathways for the readers to take mm-hmm. after they read the book. Because if they want more from you, you need to put that pathway in front of them. And if you don't, shame on you. Yeah, like give, make it easy for people. It's like yes. Amazon one click buy, isn't it? It's yeah. easy. Yeah. <laughs> Too yeah. easy. <laughs> Too easy is right. <laughs> Tell us about the hundred page book. So uh, the hundred page book is a is a book uh, I published in 2020, and uh, it's it's actually the second book focused on these short books. By the way, we call these short helpful books. Our brand, our special sauce, we call them shooks. So a shook is a short helpful book. It's our brand of book. Um, Brilliant. But the hundred page book was uh, written as a second book. Uh, after the magic of short books to really be, and all honestly, it was an experiment for me to try to get my first Amazon number one bestseller. So I don't know how much you want to talk about that, but I, I, I had always kind of poo-pooed the idea of, you know, Amazon bestsellers. There's yeah. all kinds of ways to game that system even today. But um, we got, took a, I, personally, I'd got a, like a PhD level a study in what it really means to have a legitimate bestseller. And the 100 page book was the effort that I created for that. And I'm happy to say we were a number one international bestseller for like eight months. We sold thousands and thousands of copies, um, which is not my main priority, but it was very nice and satisfying to see. And it really catapulted a lot of people to to write their first 100 page book. That's amazing. That That must make you feel proud. It's cool. I mean, it's what's really cool because I have a podcast also. I've had guests on my podcast. I did not know this until they were a guest saying, hey, you know, it was because of your 100 page book or the Magic of Short Books. I wrote my book. I only interview nonfiction book authors. So when you have yours done, I'll have you on my show. Amazing. Thank you. um, It's really cool to see that. And and it's happened many times. You know, it's, it's crazy. That's really nice. That's a really nice feeling. Really, really nice. And um, what what's what makes a shook better than a non-shook? <laughs> uh, gosh. So one step back, if I may, again, I'm a marketing guy. So it's this is a little marketing lesson. So you might, you know, some people are like, oh, shook, that's a stupid name. Why do you, you know, some people like it, some people don't. But as you know, Natalie, most business owners have competition. There's other people that do what you do. There's other people that do what I do. So it's important for you to figure out points of distinction, ways mm-hmm. to distinguish yourself. So here in the States, I don't know, you know where, where you are, if it's the same, but we have Burger King and we have McDonald's, right? They both sell hamburgers, but one's got the Big Mac, one's got the Whopper. Well, we that's why we came up with this concept of a shook, a short, helpful book. So 
Shooks are different in that. And I, the people we don't you don't show the video, right? We're not. We're not I'm, I, 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 I may put it on YouTube. Okay. Yes. Well, I'm showing on my screen here yeah. on the camera. So here's a shook, uh, the Magic of Short Books. And uh, first of all, physically, it's a slightly smaller size than a traditional book. So right away, it's a bit of a, uh, you know, just a, a point of differentiation. It doesn't look like every other book out there. It's just slightly smaller, a little thinner. Inside, the layout is, uh, again, I'm a marketing guy. The layout is meant to be very readable physically. So if it's physically easy to read, it's more likely to be read. And then what's really important, Natalie, is the way the content flows. So we have a very specific recipe from the very first page to the page 100 or thereabouts, you know, because typically they're about 100, 120 pages for most shooks. Um, a very specific format, a very specific recipe, recipe, what chapter goes where, what that chapter should be about, et cetera. So that combination makes our short, helpful books fairly unique. I like that. And it being a bit smaller makes it means it's easier for you to pick up and carry around as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I have him in my car. Um, I carry him. I just went on a trip. I had him in my, you know, backpack portfolio thing. So yeah, it's 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 definitely a little more compact for sure. Yeah. And then when it comes to the, the marketing, because you said about, I mean, once you've written the book, because you said about being an Amazon number one bestseller. And I think that does hold quite a bit of weight when to, to normal, <laughs> without sounding strange, to normal people, right? especially if, if they don't know that, I mean, you can, like, well, I can't remember the phrase you used, you can gamify it, you know, you can do, get to number one in all sorts of categories, can't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but when you, when you have done it in the way that you've done it, and you, you're able to say that, you know, we are number one Amazon bestseller. I do believe that that has some, that does carry some weight behind it. So what, what for you is it that helps to get people there? And what kind of things help people once they've written the book to get that status? Yeah. And, and, and even with our own client base, only about a third of our clients are even on Amazon. So about two thirds of our clients are local business owners. They don't need to be on Amazon. They print their books up, they distribute them. But for, for folks like you and me that have a worldwide audience, help people around the world, then being on Amazon, uh, you know, is, is a smart place to be. Mm. So if you're going to be on Amazon, you want to do it correctly. And at everything now, I mean, the smallest details make, you know, critical or are of critical importance your book description how the page lays out your, your your book title the book graphics that are on amazon but then when it comes time to try to achieve a number one bestseller it comes down to things like keyword research you mentioned categories yes you want to be in legitimate categories i hate when i see these people say i'm a bestseller they're you know they're writing a business book and they're a bestseller in childhood coloring book category <laughs> which is crazy. So uh, legitimate categories where, you know, your ideal readers would be looking. And then really what it comes down to, Natalie, is you need your own, you know, email list, your own social media followers. You need your followers, whether it's email, social media, whatever it might be, to, you know, buy the book, share the book with their, their peers. And you got to do that within a concentrated period of time when the book publishes on Amazon. And when you do that, it's sort of a snowball effect and if all works out well, you can hit that number one spot. I like, I like that. 
um it, i think there's so much more to it i mean you put things very simply like you write a short book and you get it out there but there is a lot more in the machine that people do need to be doing like you mentioned yeah i mean with your permission at the end i'm going to yeah. give your listeners a chance to read another shook i wrote called the magic of free books um and this lists like I think it's like 51 ways that you can leverage uh, a free book. So again, I mentioned earlier, selling books is never my goal. Getting my books in front of the right people and giving them away or charging a nominal amount is the goal because I want, you know, it's, it's my business card, if you will. Yeah. So there's, there's definitely a ton of things that, you know, any nonfiction book author must do you know, like the essential things. And then there's a lot of other things they could do and they should do, if, you know, over time. So yeah. yeah, it's publishing a book, Natalie, and using it in your business. It's a long-term game. It's not something like, Hey, I'm going to publish a book, have it out next week. And, you know, two weeks later, I'm sort of done with it. A good quality book. And, you know, like I said a hundred page book now almost three years old, still drives leads to our business. The magic of short books, which is even older, Again, it's an evergreen lead generation source for our business. It's, the, it's like a set and forget kind of thing, isn't it? That It can not, not be, but you much, still but... need to be doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm even remiss in not doing as much promotion and different things around it. But yeah, it, it, you know, a book, you set up a book funnel can be fairly set and forget. Yeah. So how's your book different to other books that help you write books? <laughs> yeah. And as I mentioned, there's a ton of them, right? Well, yeah. we're the only one that talks about shooks. Uh -huh. um, so there, right there's the difference. But uh, again, my background is direct response marketing. I'm not sure how familiar you are with that, but direct response marketing is a, a type of marketing that's been around for well over 100 years. And it's, you know, it's got very specific goals. So that's where I built my consulting business before our publishing business. So Again, I mentioned our, our recipe, our formula. It is a direct response formula. Our goals aren't to sell books. Our goals are to attract the ideal reader and get that reader to read the book because it's short and helpful. And then to get that reader to take action with you, become a client, do something that you want that reader to do. And I think that's the biggest difference is most book publishers aren't preaching that gospel. Mm -hmm. So why do you think that people, entrepreneurs, CEOs should be writing books? Mm. That's a good question. I mean, listen, even in this day and age, being seen as a published book author of a legitimate book, we're not talking a PDF or some digital download, something that you can autograph, right? You can autograph a PDF or a digital book, not that they don't have their place, but being a published book author, first of all, you're helping people, right? So that's one goal. Like you as the author, you want to help people, you want to serve that reader. But again, for your own, for your own benefit, it's a, a fact that published book authors are seen as authorities, as experts. So if you have two people doing the same exact thing and one's a published book author and one isn't, odds are that published book author is gonna be seen as more of an authority, um, you know, can charge higher fees, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. It also allows you, Natalie, once you do it correctly, we talked about the marketing, once you have that book, you can market differently than all your com competition. So chances are most of your competitors aren't going to take the time, energy, and money to publish a book. So right away, now that you're different, you know, you're different, differentiated that way. But it also allows you to market differently. So whereas most business owners market, 
hey, this is what we do, X, Y, Z. You know, you see that the headshot photo and, you know, let's say a lawyer, an attorney, you know, here's what we do. You can say, listen, I wrote this book for you. Get it for free. Go there. And you're marketing the book and the funnel behind the book versus what everyone else is doing, which is, you know, the typical traditional advertising and marketing nonsense. So, um, there's a, there's there's a number of reasons. That's I, my podcast is called the Author Factor Podcast, and there really is a special factor. There's a special thing that happens when you become a published book author. Yeah. Do you think authors are slightly a different kind of breed of person in a good in a good way? <laughs> uh, an author? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. No, I wouldn't say so. Maybe for like fiction or, you know, depending on what you're writing, the genre, like if it's on something very specific, maybe you're more, you know, a really heavy duty topic or something like that. Our clients are doctors, lawyers, Main Street retailers, lots, lots of coaches and consultants. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're, they're everyday folks. And, you know, again, They've always wanted to publish a book. They see the value of having a book working for them 24 seven. And, um, you know, they, they want to help people. They want to build their business. They want to differentiate themselves. And I think that's what makes them special, if you will. I'm glad you said that because I think that that's one of the things that can put people off is thinking that they don't have the capability. They don't have the confidence to put it together. So, you, you know, you, you just saying there, they are just ordinary people <laughs> means that anybody can attain this and do this because if you come from a place of service, then it takes the pressure off of yourself as well, doesn't it? You're, you're, you're coming and you're, you're serving, serving the people. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So we do hear that from time to time. Like we, when we do an initial call with a prospect who might want to work with us, we hear some objections. I'm not a great writer. You know, who am I to write a book? That kind of head trash, which is, yes, it's ridiculous. Again, if you're helping people and what you just said is exactly what I tell people. I I use a a sort of a different metaphor. I use a spotlight metaphor. Most people put the spotlight on themselves. Oh my gosh, I'm not a great writer. Who am I to write? You know, what am I going to write about? All this sort of this head trash stuff, right? And I always suggest turn that spotlight off of you, put it on your ideal reader. Think about the people you can help. And if you don't publish that book, if you don't get that book out there, they're going to find it either somewhere else or they're not going to find it at all. So you're, you're, you know, it's your job to get, you know, get the spotlight off of you, put it on them, how you're going to help them. And once you make that mind shift, I do think it becomes easier. Now, listen, yeah. We've made it super easy on average, about an eight to 12 week process. Sometimes it's longer. It's a hand holding. We hold your hand every step of the way. If you need that help, there's tons of resources. You can read my shooks. There's tons of people that you know help other people with publish a book. You do not have to go it alone. So again, get it out. Maybe it's your first book. It may not be your best book, your first one. Typically they're not, but you know, don't worry about it. Just get it done. Get it out there helping people. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing I like to say. It's doing the people a disservice if you don't do it. Yeah. Like all of those people that we could be helping, that's that's me told. So I need to start writing my book today. (laughs) (laughs) You know what you're doing for the rest of the day. (laughs) So what gave you the confidence in yourself to, to, 
to start this process and helping people with with their short books, short healthy books? You know, I think it was the fact that a I love books. I've always wanted to be a you know publish that first book. Ironically, not that this is your question, but my first book that I published in two thousand seven. A, I published it from idea to printed book in about four months. And I, you know, I didn't have all the confidence. I was a pretty established thought leader in my space, but I still didn't, you know, I still had some head trash. So the way I got it done so quick and my first book was I created a multi-author book, a compilation anthology book. So I was the, you know, the initial author, the, the leading author, and then I found other people to contribute content. So A, it got it done quicker. Um, and it kind of took that pressure off of me, but since then, you know, I've published 19 books of different lengths and sizes and uh, topics. And, um, you know, once I got over it and realized it's really not, you know, I say the magic of short books, but it's really not that magical. You just got to do it. As far as helping other people, it's really just, there's so many people like you, like me that have always wanted to publish that book. And they don't know where to go. They don't know how to start. Um, and, I, you know, really, again, my gift is helping business owners and corporate type folks. So I just found a niche where I could help those people get those books out there. Yeah. And the more, the you know, the more we publish books, I think we're up to like 240s or so published books over the last couple of years, the more we've done it and seen how it helps them and, the, you know, the, what, what it can do for them, it just inspires you to do more. Yeah. What's been one of the best books that you've published for somebody else? Well, define best. Best. So, okay, let's, there's, there's two questions here then. The one that's been the most successful for, for that person and the most interesting one that you think. Gosh, so you're, I got to like go through a mental database of over 200 books. Put you on the spot so, there. Yeah, well, no, it's, it's a good question. So from a purely transactional value, I mean, we have uh, an, an elder law, which means an, an attorney who I've worked with for years, her practice helps people with dementia and Alzheimer's services. She's now up to four or, oh gosh, no, she's up to two. I think five shooks, five short helpful books for yeah. her law practice. And she just did an event. I wasn't at the event, but I heard afterwards that she's now over the last couple of years, uh, has attributed a million dollars of sales to her law practice from clients who started from one of her books. So they got her free book, Alzheimer's dementia. There's different ones in that, in those different books. Mm. And Eventually, they became clients. Now, they're, they're high-ticket clients for the yeah. services she provides. But um, that that's probably like the grand slam. But, you know, we have dentists who use their books to, you know, and, and it's a very cool strategy. Like local dentists, they put their books out. Well, let me just grab something real quick. Okay. Example, and I'm doing this in real time. Now, this is a client. His book is not yet available, but it will be very shortly. He's a doctor. He's a surgeon. And we, we, we ask, we tell them to put these little, I'm showing on the screen, these little holders with little postcards that people can take. 
And he was going to put these in various other offices in his community. We call them strategic partners mm-hmm. to get his free book offer out there in his local community, which is a very cool strategy. We've had a lot of success with local business owners who've published a book to do that. So um, now this particular client who we're working with right now is kind of cool. Um, he was, I don't know, I don't know how familiar you are. Are you familiar at all with American football? A little. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's not legitimate football, right? <laughs> it's not real football, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know. Well, in America it is. So Dr. John Frank played for the San Francisco 49ers back in the 80s. I remember watching him as a kid. Amazing. He won two Super Bowls, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he was, he, matter of fact, Joe Montana, who is a world famous American football quarterback, wrote his forward. So this book is almost wow. done. This shook. Um, I think this, and it's, it's, it's for men who are losing their hair, right? So it's his philosophy and his approach to helping men who are losing their hair. Um, Amazing. I think it's so cool because he's, he, he left the NFL, the national football league to become a medical doctor, a surgeon, which is amazing story. And he was very reluctant. He didn't have the confidence necessarily to share his story of why he left the NFL to become this world renowned surgeon. And he, we extracted it out of him. It took him, we took, we worked a lot together and it it is amazing. And the way he shares the story and now the confidence that he has, it's like, I've lit a fire to him. He's doing all kinds of school, cool stuff um, with the confidence that writing this book has given him. It's given him. Amazing. That just goes to show, doesn't it? That it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. There's always more. Yes you can learn and do and share like that. What an incredible story, like going from winning two Super Bowls to surgeon. That's this great story in itself. And he wasn't using it, Natalie. He was like, he was very, just a little bit. And, he, and I'll never forget our first, because when I, I work directly with every client, his name, you know, John Frank, I'm like, John, why aren't you? Oh, he's like, oh, it's not a big deal. That was years ago. I'm like, are you serious? serious. You're an NF, you know, Two, you know, it's, 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 and he was instrumental in those Super Bowl, at least the second Super Bowl for sure. He was instrumental in that. Um, so yeah, we, we found a, a, a photographer from San Francisco who allowed us to license some photos. So we put all kinds of, you know, just in the back of the book, some photos of him playing. And, you know, again, this book is for guys. Yeah. A lot of guys like football. So yeah, yeah that's how it all ties together. And that's how you leverage your experience. Yeah. To differentiate yourself to make you yeah stand out from from other people and that's what's going to make his book different from any other exactly about a, a similar topic the same topic exactly and, yeah and that's something i always say you know you should share your story and what you've overcome in life and and those things because it makes you relatable to people people go through career changes they go through overcoming adversity they go through not knowing what on earth they want to do i mean some people i mean some people do know exactly what they want to do for being a child <laughs> yeah. the way. Yeah. i wasn't one of them a small number right <laughs> yeah but like it makes you a, a human being how do, how do you help draw people's stories out of them? again great question so I, I would take a slightly different approach on this. So yes, it is important to share your stories. There's tons of books out there and folks that help people extract their stories. But I always like to 
sort of caveat that and say, well, you, you want to share stories and you want to share your background that's relevant in this case to your ideal reader. So again, as I mentioned, this is a book, it's not for women. Um, it's, it's, it's a book for men who are losing their hairs. So for John to share relevant stories about his NFL career, and there's some guy language in there, he's doing that because he's trying to, you know, build a relationship with the reader that his, yeah. he, he wants to have as a potential patient client. Um, so I would say, think about your ideal reader, the person you're trying to attract and the person you're trying to create a relationship through your book with and share relevant stories, have empathy for that person, share stories about, you know, whatever trials and tribulations you've gone through that are relevant, that that reader would find interesting. Yeah. Cause not every story is relevant. No, is it? no, I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so. I think in that case, you're sort of just wasting time and words and uh, like, you know, someone's reading and saying, well, this is great, but it's not really relevant to me. Mm -hmm. So again, if you're serving the reader, you're, you're, you're doing everything very strategically. And this, this thought out process again, is what I think a lot of people don't really appreciate or do when they're thinking about writing a book is really giving, there's a lot of thought you want to give before you even write those first words. Yeah. What's, what's the book writing process like for you? Like, how do you do it? How long does it take you? Um, like, do you carve time out during the day? Do you take a, a week, two weeks, go off somewhere nice, going on a, going on a nice I've book done, writing treat? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've done it all. Um, I've done all different ways. First of all, I do write. So, like, I have to type. I don't speak it. There's, you know, ways nowadays you can speak your book out and then have it cleaned up. Um, I need to type. I need to write. So, that's that's the one thing that's different about me. But I tend to be a little more old school. You know, I think the the I keep a, a a digital file on my computer where when I have an idea, like I just came up with an idea. Matter of fact, here it is. This is how old school I am now. This is yesterday. This is a piece of paper. You'll never read my chicken scratch on it. But I wrote. I was getting ready to leave the office yesterday, and I I, I got an idea for a book. Now I don't know if this book will ever come to fruition, but I said I got first. Of all, I got to write it down because I'm at the age now where I'll forget it. Um, but I would say it's important to keep either a piece of paper or a notebook or a digital file where you write down ideas. So I already wrote down what I think could even be the working title. Mm -hmm. And then I start just, you know, ideas come to me. I'll pop them in there. When it comes to writing it, our, our short, helpful books, Natalie, are somewhere between 10 and 15,000 words total. Okay. So to give you some reference point, typical business books are about a, 75 to 100,000 words. That's like the 200 page, 250 page book. So right off the bat, you can see it's a much shorter, you know, there's a lot less to write, which makes it appealing for most people. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just tend to, you know, I, the one strategy I personally try to do is when I, I you know, you want to outline your book. So you want to, you know, here's the different chapters. I, we give you a very specific, you know, format, but you know, you want to come up with your chapters and then I'll typically write, a chapter per setting. So if I'm going to write for an hour, my goal is just to get that one chapter done. Sorry, there was a fly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not scared of many things, but I really don't like flies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. One chapter at a time. Get get that finished before you 
actually do. That's how I do it. That's how I do it. But, and then it's, it's a process of, you know, going back, polishing it, you know, checking it, you know, so it, I, you know, I'm not of the mindset I'm going to write a book in a weekend. I don't, I don't do it that way. I don't think a weekend would be long enough for my brain would switch off. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. If you're doing it, the heart, yeah. If you're doing, yeah, it's, it's, you need a break for sure. Some people would say, what's the point in a shorter book? Should, isn't a longer book won't that have more value in it? What do you say to that? Let me ask you a question. I mean, have, what percentage of, again, we're talking nonfiction business books. What percentage of nonfiction business books that you buy either online or, you know, Kindle versions or printed versions, do you start and actually complete? What percentage would you say? Do you actually complete the entire book? Me personally, all of them. That's good. But I'm not your average human being. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, li- I like, I listen to a lot of so that makes it easier for me that said i've got a book downstairs that's about that thick that i've started twice and i've not finished it yet (laughs) yeah yeah you know listen traditional length books two three hundred pages they have their place especially on certain topics I'm saying, and I'm proposing that for most people, at least for the first book, there's no reason why a short book is not the right choice. Most people, uh, and I, you know, there's all kinds of statistics out there, but most people don't finish a nonfiction book that they start. Now, there's a lot of reasons why. Yeah. And you're never, you know, some of them, you know, they're not well written, they're boring, they're repetitive, whatever. The promise of saying, listen, hey, Natalie, well, here, look at John's book. You know, I mean, again, it's a real book. It sits on the bookshelf. It's got, let's say, hey, well, again, you're not the target market because <laughs> it's for guys, but you can read John's book. You can get on a plane in New York City. And by the time you're in Chicago, you're done that book. That's a nice promise. You know, yeah. hey, I can get it. it it's not going to take a lot of my time. So the appeal for the reader is high. Mm-hmm. And if they want more from you, you're giving them the ways to get more from you. So I think it's, it's, you know, I, I like to say I would rather see most business owners, entrepreneurs, and corporate leaders write three 100-page books than one 300-page book. There's a lot of reasons why there's different. Now you've got three different marketing opportunities with three different messages, mm-hmm. <clears throat> for example. And, you know, now you've got three books. You're the author of three books versus one. So there's a lot of reasons why I think a short book is a better type yeah. of book for most folks i'm really liking the idea of it and like you say about the reader picking it up knowing they don't have to spend a month and four hours a day trying to get through exactly. it yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's nothing worse than like you know not not finishing the book because you don't get you don't get the call to action right and, and the, again you are different in that most most people unfortunately their attention spans are getting smaller and they need like, Oh, like I can't right away figure out that this is going to help me. You know, it it goes on the shelf. So you've got to figure that out. Like, even though it's a book and even though they may have bought it or picked it up, you've got to make it as easy for them to at least start consuming and doing what you want them to do. Yeah. Cause otherwise it's an absolute waste of time. (laughs) Yeah. And life's too short for that, isn't it? It is for sure. 
And what's what books next for you? What are you writing next? Well, uh, I'm updating the magic of free books with some new uh, some new strategies. So that's that's in the works. And I have the little idea from yesterday. You'll like this, Natalie. You'll appreciate this. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna again. I'm not sure how it fits into my repertoire, my library, but it came to me yesterday. I'll read it out loud to what I wrote down. The working title is 20 Minute Connections, How a Short Form Podcast Can Change Your Business and the World. Ooh. So much like a short book, right? 100 page book. I have my own podcast, which has always been about a 30 minute episode. And we recently reformatted the the, uh, episodes to be 20 minutes long. Yeah. And there's a couple of reasons why I decided to do that. And I'm like, and I, I just interviewed, by, she'd be great on your podcast, by the way. I just interviewed a woman from Australia yesterday. So she was on at 5 a.m., not quite as early as you and I are doing today. But uh, it was, it's funny. She was the guest. I was the host. So it was a little different. But um, at the end of that 20-minute conversation, I was like, that was a really cool conversation. Like, it was, it was just a cool conversation. Yeah. So much that I shared it with my wife later. As you know, as a podcast host, these connections you make, you know, maybe I'll be able to help you. Maybe I'll be able in some way. You'll read my books or something. Yep. I'll be able to help you get that book to the world. And then you'll be helping other people. Like that kind of cool thing, starting with a 20-minute connection via a podcast. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, there's a lot that can be said and done in short periods of time. And in short books. Yeah. Short short books, short okay. This podcast has like gone long now. <laughs> I think there's the the long and the short does have their place, but it does for sure. For sure. I like the idea of just having that, that piece. So like I do 15 minute calls with people yep. and they, they get everything they need in those 15 minutes. And then that's it. They can go and go and take action. Like you don't need to spend an hour. Like it's like having meetings, <laughs> like two hour meetings and nothing happens. Yeah. Well, you know, there, can I, let me see if I have it here. Um, oh, can I share a quote? Yeah. Now, this is a, you got to think about this. Uh, so I'll, I'll say it twice. And by the way, this is from 1657. So, well, 500 years ago. And it's from the French author Blaise Pascal. So Blaise Pascal wrote in 1657, I've made this letter longer than usual because only because I've not had the time to make it shorter. So I'll read it one more time. I've made this letter longer than usual only because I've not had the time to make it shorter. So what's he saying, Natalie? What he's saying is it's easy to bloviate. It is easy just to spew out and like, you know, talk for an hour about nonsense and blah, 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 blah. It's much harder to be focused and get your message out in a shorter, more concise matter. It, it takes thought. It takes process. It takes, you know, think, you know, deep consideration, in my opinion. So, Again, while a long format podcast definitely has its place, I think for a lot of folks, you know, a shorter book, a shorter podcast, just to help them make it happen can be really a smart strategy. And books and podcasts kind of go hand in hand, don't they? They do. They do. Yeah, for sure. It's one of the, you know, one of the strategies I write about in the Magic Free Book. So as a, so today I'm a guest, right? Podcast guesting 
is a very powerful strategy for book authors. It's a, this woman I had on yesterday, she's been on over 80 podcasts. She just published her book last year. And, um, she's getting the word that's her primary mechanism for getting the word out about her book. So hosts are booking her or scheduling her because of her book and the topic she's sharing it on the, the episode, the interview. And it's a great strategy. Um, yeah. and then as a host, you know, you can have a book and then a, you know, you, you can have a book and then create a podcast from that book or vice versa. You have a podcast and now you're creating a book that makes sense for your listeners. So yeah, podcasting either as a guest or a host is a very smart thing for book authors. Yeah. Um, what's the difference other than the, the money? What's the difference in, in terms of Tell us the strategy behind a free book versus one people pay for. Yeah. So again, the likelihood that any author, unless you're a big name author with a big following, the likelihood of making serious money is, is difficult. It's a challenge. It doesn't mean it can't happen, but it, you know, it's, it typically is a, a goal that is not going to be bet by both most nonfiction book authors for a number of reasons mainly the amount of effort and money needed to get the book out there and, you know, at a very high level. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can still make a couple hundred bucks a month on Amazon or whatever your book, but I think that's a distracting strategy. Natalie, I think the better idea is how can I get my book out there either at no cost or very little cost and get it in front of the right readers, the bright potential readers. So, you know, putting it out in your local community, putting it out in local bookstores, creating an online book funnel, you know, doing stuff on social media. Um, the free book offer has been around for well over a hundred years. I actually show an example in the magic of free books. That's from like 1902. Oh. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a history student. So I love going back and looking at what you know they've done in the past. So, you know, back in 1902, 1903, uh, a, a mattress company of all sorts actually published a book and they published it for decades, for decades, 1900s, 20, 1910s, 20s, 30s, 40s. Um, it was called The Test of Time. And it was a little book about how they made their mattresses and they offered it in an ad, get our free book. So this is a proven strategy. You can't go on Facebook these days or LinkedIn without seeing people promoting a, a book offer. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'd say, think about getting your book out there and allowing the book to do its job. And then you make your money on the back end mm -hmm. with new clients and whatever you're selling on the back end, not on the initial two or $3 you might make by selling it. Selling the app, yeah. Selling the book. It's about, it's, a, it's something that has longevity. Yeah. And yeah. how much does it tend to cost people to publish a book? Well, I mean, it could be nothing, zero, if you want to do everything on your own, which yeah. is possible. There's, you know, the, the one thing that has happened since I published my first book in 2007 is Amazon has made it very easy to get a book out there for sale. So they've made it easy. Now there's a ton of tools where the formatting. So if you have decent design skills, um, there's tools out there that you can do your own. Just be careful. I mean, a book should look like a book, so be careful. Yeah, that's why you typically work with at least a designer, cover designer, interior designer, and then an editor, copy editor. So it could be zero if you do it all yourself. 
our programs range from six to $9,000. So we're a little, you know, we're, we're at a under $10,000 for, you know, from idea to printed book. There are people that do what I do that charge a hundred thousand dollars, which is crazy, but you know, that's, that's what they do. Um, so it's kind of all over the place, Natalie, yeah. but yeah. It, to do it right, you do want to work with someone who knows what they're doing, not only from a book publishing standpoint, but more of the content creation, the marketing of it. So having someone in your corner helping you, I think for a lot of people is, is really a smart strategy. Yeah, having the, the right support makes a huge difference because going things alone, you can just, you, you've got no accountability, uh, yeah. you can get things wrong. Why make mistakes when you can learn from other people? That's what I always say. Right, right. And then it goes, it shortens that five-year time frame <laughs> to maybe five months. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, that's not the worst. I had a guy on my pod, real quick story. He was on my podcast last May, so almost a year ago. Yeah. He's from Tasmania. Wow. Uh, he's a Podmatch guy, so you, you can find him on Podmatch. And um, I had him on. He had written his first book. His first book took him seven years. So he had you beat. Um, but he got it done. Yeah. Took him seven years. So I'm interviewing about it. And then we're talking about, I, I talk about short, helpful books, yada, yada, yada. Wouldn't you know it? We ended up working together after that. And wouldn't you know, he published his second book. It took him a few months. Now it's not quite a short, helpful book. It's a little bit longer, but he attributes this idea of like, geez, I didn't need to take seven years to write my second book. It took him four months, maybe. And wow. now that second book is out there working for him. So um, you can definitely shorten the timeline yeah. when you work with someone who knows what they're doing. And that, that like, that is, it makes a huge, huge difference. And um, making, shortening up the time frame because you're, again, like we said earlier, doing people a disservice by not getting it out there. And again, I'll just give myself a slap on the wrist. <laughs> <laughs> At least I have a podcast. Here you go. You're doing all right. <laughs> doing okay. What's your favorite book? Do you have a favorite book? Uh, no, I definitely don't have a favorite book. I have lots of books I've read and reread. I have a pretty big library over to my right. I mean, I grew up on fiction, so I love fiction. I had a grandmother who at a very young age for me, she had a huge library. I used to go visit her. She was about two hours away. And gosh, I would immerse myself. She got me into the love of reading very young. Um, so I've always been a reader. I love non, I love fiction, but as I've gotten older, I just find myself not reading it as much anymore, which bums me out. Cause when I do take the time, like on a vacation to read yeah. fiction, I'm like, Oh, that was cool. Um, you know, there's a lot of authors I like, I, you know, Dan Kennedy, who's a friend of mine, you know, I've read a lot of his book. I've read most of his books. He's a marketing guy. Um, uh, Seth Godin, the purple, I don't, have you ever read any Seth Godin? No, I haven't. Uh, Seth Godin, he writes short books. Yeah. Uh, Seth Godin is a famous author here in the States. He wrote a book called The Purple Cow, which actually inspired me coming up with the concept of the shook. I won't go into it, but The Purple Cow is about creating something that doesn't, you know, there's tons of black and white cows or yeah. black cows. There's no purple cow, but when you see a purple cow, you know, it's different. That that book inspired the shook concept. Um, Start With Why by Simon Sinek is a good one. Yeah. So it really depends on what I'm doing. Like right now, I'm right now. I'm very heavily in fo focused on book marketing. So I've read just about every book out there on book marketing and ways to leverage a book. So, 
you know, it depends on what's, you know, what's hot for me. Yeah. I, lo- I love that what you said about your nan, grandma. Um, I-, I used to read a lot as a child. Um, both, of, well, all of my grandparents, both of my nans, like they read a lot. So I used to read with them. So mm. that's, that's really nice. And I, I'm, I'm the same. Like I like fiction and like just getting lost in it and turning the pages. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm absolutely right. Kindle. Like, why? <laughs> you can't turn a page. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does make it easier when you're on a trip, um, you know, to, to, to have if that. Run, run out. Yeah. If you finish one and you need another. Um, I actually recently joined the library. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's old school. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> fact that there is a library still that you joined it. Well, a friend of mine, she, she goes to the library. She's just written and um, recently written a book. And I, I thought about it and I thought, well, I used to go to the library. Why don't I still mm, go yeah. to the library? Because I don't have to buy them all and keep them all because I, I travel a lot. So having being able to read and give it back and let somebody else read it, I think it's a great thing to do. So can I ask you a question? Yes. Can I turn the table for a moment? Yes. I'd love to hear, you know, we, and we talked about it very briefly, but like you said, you had this book idea. Now, if you don't want to talk about it, cause you know, you don't, yeah. you know, I get that. But if you do like, what idea would you have? Like what book do you think is the book you, the first book you want to bring to the world? And um, as we said about earlier, the triangle of life, health, wealth, and happiness and helping people to find the balance and understand and appreciate that health is health is wealth and they're all interlinked because the more you look after your own physical and mental health, the easier things flow. And then you're able to do more in your business because your brain functions better and you'll be happier. So I noticed once I color code my diary and health is in blue, wealth is in green, and then happiness is in yellow. And I was looking at my diary and I was like, where's your happy, Natalie? There was like one yellow thing in the week. I was like, hang on a minute. So <laughs> I'm not practicing what, I, what I'm teaching here. So I put some stuff in, put some yellow in, all of us sat and thought, what do I enjoy? Going to the beach, football. Um, and I, I, like, I love the gym, but that still had to say, stay blue. A few other things. And I put them in and then within a few weeks, I became happier. I started making more money and everything just kind of flowed. So that's how I know that it's important to do things that make you happy because otherwise you're just going through the mill. Yeah. Um, and like, there's been a lot of things that I could share that's, that's relevant. You know, I, I used to work three jobs and now I do what I do like with the podcast, we do property development and I do coaching and mentoring. So if I can go from what I was doing to what I'm doing now, anybody can change their life and do what they want to do. So that's the book I want to write is to help people and then feed them into um, my Confident Entrepreneurs Club. Yep. So just real quick, first of all, when you mentioned it to me briefly, I, I, I instantly sort of got it. And I love this idea the simplistic idea, and I don't say that in a negative way, I say it in a very positive way, of like the three colors, like right when you said that, I started visualizing, oh, geez, yeah, I, having that yellow section filled out, I don't typically do that. I just work, 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 work. Mm-hmm. And once in a while, I'll, I'll, I'll have a happy thing I would insert, but gosh, I should be doing more of that. 
So having that unique, we call it the special sauce system that you've created that works for you and then using a book to share that and obviously telling your stories. Now, you're, you know, I don't know what target market you'd be going after, but regardless, like that, you have the backbone, you have the, you know, the, the, the foundation of probably a great book that can help a lot of people and, and giving them these very specific instructions, um, and exercises to do that are simple, not anything that's complicated these days. Yeah. People no. are just going to be like, Phew. not worth so, it. Not yeah. Like we said earlier, people's attention spans are dwindling. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. I um, better get my book written <laughs> and then put some meat on that those bones. And um, if you could leave people with one, well, actually, I've got two last questions. If that's okay. And um, what's the number one tip you have for marketing a book? Number one tip is think of it this way. It's a consistent, persistent effort. It is not a one shot deal. It's not, I'm going to do it for a couple of weeks and be done. So the, the most foundational, and this really goes for all of marketing, but specifically for book marketing, consistency and persistency. You know, that's the, that is the number one thing for sure. Yeah. Um, we have a saying, uh, consistency equals success. Mm. So the more consistent you can be, the better you'll get, et cetera, et cetera. And if you can leave people with one tip to increase their confidence, what would it be? You know, that's, she's, well, maybe I'll leave two ideas. One yeah. is you won't, you won't increase confidence until you actually do something in my opinion. So you've got to take that step. You just got to do it. I mean, there's, there is no shortcut. Um, the only way, so I was just on a, I was just came back from a family vacation skiing in the Rocky mountains. My wife's a really good skier. I'm like, eh, I'm, I'm, I'm average. Uh, and you know, I'm pretty successful in what I do. I've you know done a lot of stuff and I'm on that damn out in Breckenridge, Colorado. Like I'm looking down that mountain going, Holy moly. All of a sudden I became like a little kid. But the only way I was ever going to get better um, was to go down that mountain, right? So get on those lift and go up and then come down. So I think, you know, it sounds obvious, but it's like, you just got to do something. Um, and the other thing I would share is work with people like yourself, people, you, you typically need to be part of a mastermind group or work with, I really believe this. I've been part of many mastermind groups. You need to be around other successful people to inspire you. If you think you're gonna gain confidence working in a vacuum, um, I just don't think it happens. You need to be around people who are have done more and have either you know blazed the trail that you've, you wanna be on and, and that will help you because you can, they'll help you, they'll guide you. So I would say, those two things are really two practical ways to build confidence. I would definitely agree with that. We host a mastermind in person and once a month as well. And just seeing the way people support each other, their yep. confidence grows because they're helping other people as well yep. as helping themselves. Yep. And it's a beautiful cycle of like uplifting. Um, and I haven't even got a word. It's just a beautiful cycle of uplift. Yep. <laughs> and it's Amazing. simple. It's simple. simple. Just, you know, yeah. Yeah. That's like you said earlier, don't complicate things. Just mm -hmm. simple, nice and easy. And amazing. Thank you so much, Mike. I very much enjoyed our conversation. I hope you have too. I have now. Eh? Thank you. <laughs>
<laughs> Leaving me hanging there. <laughs> well, and, and, and can I share a gift with your listeners? Yes, I was going to say, where can people follow you, find you? We're fans of online stalking, just not in person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, ironically, I'm not super big on social media, but my, if you Google Mike Capuza, you'll find me. Um, but I do want to give back to your listeners, if I may. Yes, so right. I mentioned... I have three shooks that your listeners can read for free. There's no cost. and It's a digital format they read online. So I'm not shipping books around the world here. Um, the Magic of Short Books, The Magic of Free Books, and The Magic of Shooks. Um, so if they go to MikeCapuzzi.com slash magic, I call it my magic kit. MikeCapuzzi.com slash magic. Nick, just put your name and email. Let me know you heard uh, heard me on Natalie's podcast, and I will send you three links to read those books, like in the next couple minutes. Amazing! Thank you so much. We're going to make sure all of that's in the show notes as well. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. I very very much enjoyed this. I know that the listeners will. And if you have enjoyed this, please do share it with your friends, family, loved ones, colleagues, and even people you don't like, because everybody needs some help. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Mike. Thanks, Natalie. 